Are you live? I think we are live. Hello, everybody. Rogers Bass here, and welcome to another live episode of Touch Bass with Rogers Bass. It is October 6th, 2023. I hope you're all having a lovely day. We have a lot of stuff to go over. We have a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline that I've been talking to my members about and things I want to discuss with all of you, so I'm happy you're all here. Hello. I also know that it's been a little while since the last time I did one of these fully because, really, I went to Japan, and then I had the one week where I was here, and I wanted to do an episode of the show while I was in Japan. And then I had the one week I was here. Then I left for Seattle. And then right after Seattle, after Nintendo Live, I got sick. And so then I didn't want to do a full episode right after that. And then the episode after that, it was amidst a bunch of other stuff going on on YouTube where I was uploading too much and things were just wonky on the back end. So I didn't want to do a live episode. But we're back now. And thank you, by the way, to Aaron Ferguson coming through with a membership at the beginning saying we are here. And remember, members, uh, Discord movie night later tonight. Yes, that's actually something I'll talk about right at the very beginning of Touch Base with Rogers Base today. I have been doing a lot of stuff on the Discord channel in this past week. As many of you guys know, last week I launched the One Piece popularity poll for this year. So every year on my YouTube channel, um, for the past like five or so, I did a popularity poll where people would vote on their favorite characters. And this year we're doing it a little bit differently instead of doing it via a google form we are doing it on the discord server and actually that's the first thing i want to discuss on today's stream because it actually goes in line with what aaron was talking about regarding the member movie night that's happening on the discord server as well i did not realize how many people don't like using discord and are upset at using Discord and having to use Discord to vote. I assumed everybody uses Discord. I thought at this point, it's just like the new thing. You know, everybody had Skype groups before and now everybody has Discord groups. But a lot of people were really, 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 really angry that we're doing the poll on Discord instead of on Google Forms. But I want to sort of take this time, I mentioned it in the video where I announced the popularity poll, but I want to take this time to actually explain why I chose to do it on Discord as opposed to doing it on Google. So the past couple, maybe like three or four of these that we did, that we did on Google Forms, what ended up happening is people would have to register and share their personal email to vote. They would have to verify their vote via an email login on Google and then that's how they would be able to submit their votes for the popularity poll. And a lot of people hated that too, which I totally understand, right? If you have to share your email, your actual personal email to share your vote, again, things can happen. I was hacked earlier this year on YouTube. You don't know what's going on with Google security. I completely understand not wanting to go and verify your Google email to vote in like a silly poll. So I thought, well, nobody really cares about their Discord. So if you just join a Discord server and vote, it's way less of a privacy and security potential threat. And so I was like, ah, we'll do it on Discord instead. But a lot of people were then really mad because I guess they were used to the format that we did on Google Forms to the point where we actually had to then turn off the video. So that video, the announcement video still exists, but it's now an unlisted video because there were so many people coming through yelling like really angry, nasty things at me just for the fact that I was doing this popularity poll on Discord instead of on Google, which was absolutely wild. And I think the reason I wanted to bring this up at the beginning, and I'm glad that Aaron mentioned that thing about the Discord, is I think I've come to the realization now that I am not doing these type of poll things ever again. Because many of you who maybe remembered what happened last year with the manga of the year thing, remember what a hassle that was. Because a big thing that happened during the manga of the year thing last year is every year, just like I do the popularity polls, I also do a thing on my YouTube channel where I announce, oh, okay, we're going to be voting for our favorite manga of the year, and then I bring on my friends to discuss it. Well, that video where I announced the manga of the year last year and said these are going to be some of the nominees and these are who we're going to have on, people got so mad, and that video then got like reposted on Twitter, and it found its way into the algorithm with a bunch of other like anime-related people that have nothing to do with my content, that don't watch Roger's Base or whatever, and then we're getting mad that we had predominantly shonen choices in my community's own manga of the year. It was just so silly how people were getting so mad over, again, it's a poll. It's just to share what we liked reading. Or in this case, for the One Piece poll, it's like what characters we like. But people were getting so angry to the point they were like literally sending me death threats. They were sending nasty messages to Reagan, nasty messages about my dog even, like about Obi. It was just crazy. And so it got taken way too seriously. And we ended up doing that stream anyway. And that stream ended up being a lot of fun. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do them 
in a public way anymore, like on Google Forms. I'm not going to do them on Twitter or whatever. I'll just do it via Discord because I figured the people who are on Discord, who are part of my community, who are actively involved and watching all of my content, you guys are going to be cool. You guys aren't going to do anything wild. But then again, what I didn't take into consideration, and this was my bad, I know for sure this was my fault. I, I looked back at it. I even talked to my partner manager about this, and I'm like, this is definitely where I went wrong. Where I went wrong was making an announcement video about the poll as opposed to just making a community post or something. Because I think what happened was people watched that video about the popularity poll and the announcement and where they could vote and thought that it was like me telling them they have to make a Discord account or something, or like it was a sponsored Discord video, which it wasn't. Like, I don't care whether or not you use Discord. I just thought that's an easier way to verify votes because then that way, if people are already using it, they don't have to sign up with their email. It's just better overall. I thought people would just like be chill. The other thing I didn't take into consideration with that when I announced that video, and I think the other thing that people didn't even like really consider was that during the past couple times that we've done these popularity polls, a lot of the time there'd be a subsection of people who would comment very angrily being like, oh, the reason why Big News Morgans ended up high is because you're manipulating the vote. Or like, oh, the reason this character wasn't as high as this other character is because you actually hate this character, Roger. And I'm like, no, I'm just taking people's votes and then putting them together into a poll and then sharing the results with all of you. That's literally it. That's all I was doing. And, and people were getting so mad. So another thing about the Discord thing that I thought was going to be good was I thought, okay, we'll do it on Discord. And then that way, when you vote on Discord, your votes will be tied to your name in the room where people are dropping their votes. And then everyone can see who everyone else voted for. So there's like an extra level of transparency then where people can't come at me and scream at me that Zoro didn't get high enough or Saji didn't get high enough or whatever. People could then just go vote on the Discord server, share their votes, other people could discuss their votes, and it's all good, and then people will be able to see if that many people actually voted for that character, and they wouldn't have to worry about me, like, manipulating the vote or something, which, again, I never did, because who cares? It's a popularity poll. Get a life, go outside, go do something. It's an anime thing. It has nothing, it's, it's of no relevance to anything in the real world. It's literally just a fun thing to share our favorites in terms of characters or in the case of the manga of the year, like share our favorite ideas for manga of the year. So it was what it was, but I, I have come to the realization now with this popularity poll thing that I'm probably never doing this ever again. And I think that's okay. You know, I think sometimes YouTube was a different beast when we started these like five, six years ago, right? When we started these popularity polls, People weren't using YouTube as frequently. I think the community for One Piece was also very different six years ago than it is now. I think a lot of the time the things that get attention in the One Piece community are vitriolic takes, like people yelling at other people that um, they're stupid, that they don't like a chapter or whatever. Or if you're being critical about it, they're screaming at you saying like, oh, you're just a hater. Or, you know, the power scaling discussions, whatever. It's just there's there's so much stuff that I genuinely feel like has become toxic and has turned me off of making as much One Piece content, um, which is fine, again, because we do other things on the YouTube channel, right? I'm covering Genshin, I'm covering Nintendo, I'm covering whatever. But um, I also don't think it's just the One Piece community. I kind of feel like it's the anime community at large over the course of the past, I don't know, just like kind of two years, really, has just gotten worse. And I think so much of that also comes from the culture on Twitter right now and all the changes that are coming with Twitter and the things that sort of get bubbled up to the top and people who can then buy their verification and then their posts end up going up higher. And then also like now Twitter, because they're paying people who have verified accounts, they're trying to just do things for engagement and saying things that they know are gonna get hate or get attention. And it's just, it's created a really, just really kind of toxic environment to the point where like, even my parents who normally watch all my stuff and go on Twitter and see what I'm doing, you know, they've brought up to me on like on phone conversations being like you know i noticed you haven't been tweeting as much or using twitter as much and i've explained to them it's like the reason why i don't is because twitter is just a cesspool now it's like people looking it's like bad actors right sharing things that they don't actually mean for engagement it is porn bots everywhere i feel like every time you make a tweet now if you're not a verified account and but you still have like quite a bit of traction. Like if you're somebody who's like me, who's got like 100,000 followers or something on Twitter, but you don't have a paid verified account, then I feel like porn bots are just coming at you in the replies being like, do you like what you see? And it's like, no, I don't like what you see. Put some clothes on, you, you jerk. You know, like, I just, I hate it. I, I honestly, I hate what Twitter has become. And I feel like Twitter 
two years ago was not the place that it is now. And now it's just ridden with bots, ridden with AI stuff, ridden with NFT stuff, and it's just an absolute mess, and I don't want to be there. What I do want to do is hang out with all of you which is why I'm here right now and why I'm talking to you and why I'm glad that Aaron brought that up for the very beginning of this conversation because I really do feel like YouTube, as wild as it is, considering how bad YouTube comments can get, I feel like YouTube for the most part is the least toxic of all the platforms, probably due to the fact that like YouTube isn't necessarily a social media platform, right? I consider YouTube as an entertainment platform, right? People go on YouTube to be entertained, to watch things, and then they'll share their thoughts in the comment section or whatever. But I feel like there's auto moderation on YouTube. I feel like arguments that happen on YouTube feel less personal and feel, feel less hateful, if that makes any sense. I feel like people who, who have arguments on YouTube videos, you know, in the live comment section of like a Nintendo Direct. If I'm like, oh, the Nintendo Direct was good. There'll be some people who are like, the Nintendo Direct was mid, or some people going, it's the best one ever, you're stupid, Roger. But none of that stuff ever gets taken to heart, I feel like, at least for me now. Maybe it did a couple of years ago, but for me now, it's like, YouTube is just fun. It's fun to talk with all of you and share your opinions. And even if people are being mean or being toxic in the comments or whatever, I don't know, it just, it feels different. Because it feels almost like an open forum, right? It almost feels like the comment section on YouTube, even if they're negative, are people who are just watching something and then wanting to engage with it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you get engagement on YouTube, regardless of whether or not it's bad or good, and I guess this kind of ties to the Twitter thing again, too, like, it's still engagement. People are still actively talking to you, and it's still actively helping you. So... If someone leaves a bunch of dislikes and leaves a bunch of hate comments on YouTube, it doesn't matter because as a YouTuber, as a creator, it's still like it's bringing in revenue. It's bringing more eyes on that content. It's going to allow people who actually enjoy those videos to find those videos. Whereas on Twitter, like, what are you doing it for? You're not making any money on Twitter. Even the people that have verified accounts that they're paying for that are making money are not making enough money to even justify the payment that they're making via verification on Twitter. It's just a mess. It's a total mess. Yeah. It's just, it, it's wild. It really is wild. It's become the Wild West, and it's not in a good way. I feel like some people, when there's a social media platform that's the Wild West, I kind of feel like that's a good thing, right? Because the platform doesn't really have any rules yet. It's trying to sort of like figure out what it is, you know, and there's always bad actors that come from that, but I feel like usually the cream rises to the top, whereas I think a lot of the time with um, a platform that's existed for a long time that then really bad things happen to, such like Twitter, um, that's when you really start to notice like, how bad things have gotten. And so that's a big reason why I don't use Twitter anymore. And that goes back to why I wanted to do the poll on Discord again. Because again, normally, you know, when we did these popularity polls via Google Forms or via Twitter or whatever, I considered them an open forum. But I feel like now, really ever since COVID, I kind of feel like it's gotten even worse. I think people were just inside and were stuck to their own thoughts and left to their own devices and then just I don't know, just kind of went crazy. I, I don't really know what happened, but I do feel like that's a very clear point that I can point to and be like, yeah, things got worse after this. <laughs> I feel like the first couple months of COVID, like March to June was all right. But then I feel like once after that, it just got terrible. And then it got even worse and worse and worse. And I don't think we've ever recovered from that, really. Um, Kyushu in my chat brings up a really good point. Yeah, saying that Twitter has kind of given courage to people who would normally keep their bad uh, takes and impure thoughts to themselves. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Honestly, you know what? Caden also brings up a good point, too, saying, I'm not a fan of TikTok at all, but curiously, how is that compared with bad comments and toxicity? You know, I kind of feel like negative comments on TikTok, at least speaking my, from my perspective, I'm not somebody who uses TikTok primarily. I use YouTube and Twitch and Twitter primarily, so I can't speak on it in like really in-depth ways. But what I can say is I found that even the negative comments on TikTok, kind of the same way that YouTube is, are beneficial to you. And I, I don't necessarily take to heart negative comments on TikTok. You know what I mean? Because I think one, TikTok skews a lot younger. So you gotta remember most of the people on TikTok are kids. So if they're like, oh, you're stupid or whatever, imagine like you're at a grocery store and a six-year-old walks up to you and they're like, hey, you're stupid. It's like, yeah, I am. Thanks, buddy. Like, enjoy your lollipop, <laughs> you know, and tell your mom to go buy you a pack of Pokemon cards. Like, there's that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way. It doesn't hit the same way. And then I think the other thing is, too, with TikTok, TikTok, and you'll notice this a lot, 
more so even than on YouTube comments. On TikTok, if one person leaves a comment on TikTok and says something that gets a lot of traction, you'll notice almost immediately afterwards, like 10 or 15 or 20 different people, then all leaving the exact same comment over and over and over again to get traction. Like I could literally show you guys an example. I can go to my TikTok right now, pull it up and show you an example of this where every single person will say, here, look, check this out, look. They'll all say the exact same thing. I know the one that I can think of right away is probably one of my tier lists. Um, look at this, look at this, look at this. Same exact comment, same exact comment written the same way where someone says, now mind you, this video got like, Okay, 300,000 views is what this ARC video got. It has 1,200 comments on TikTok. The top comment is never make a list ever again with the little fire emoji. Totally fine, right? And I even responded to that afterwards. I was like, this is great. That was the top comment. Had 934 likes, all right? The second comment, second top comment, 700 likes. Never make a list ever again. No fire emoji under it, but that's fine. The third comment... The third top comment is mine that says, let's see how many people say never rank again with the fire emoji underneath it. And that was mine. So it's like, and so many of these are just the same type of comment over and over and over and over again. And so again, I feel like if a lot of people are sending hate on TikTok via like a comment section, it's not, it's never something I think anyone should ever take to heart. Cause again, it's, I think people trying to get attention for themselves on a video that already has other attention. Like the person doesn't want to make a video themselves, but they know that like if they comment and say something that other people are going to agree with and copy someone's comment that already has done well, well, if I just say the same thing and then that creates a flood of copycats that all say the exact same thing, maybe I'll get a little bit of love and maybe someone will like me. I think it all stems from people being lonely. Honestly, is what I think it stems from. I think it stems from people, like people who leave negative comments a lot. I feel like stems from people being lonely. And I think... They've maybe gone through their life being nice or whatever, and they haven't gotten attention. And then they want to leave negative attention because they figure, well, hey, even if they, if that person notices me, right, even if I've said something bad, at least I've been noticed. At least I've been seen. At least, like, I have a place in this world, you know. Whereas, like, if I had it my way, every person who's ever done that, if I was Thanos, I would snap them, right? Again, I think I've said this before. Thanos was right. He just needed criteria, that was all it was. Otherwise, Thanos was totally right. You take away half the life in the universe, we'll be better off. You just got to figure out a way to do it. People who spoil One Piece chapters, people who spoil movies, people who don't put their grocery carts back at the grocery store, <laughs> people who just spend all day leaving negative comments, snap them, get rid of them, get rid of them. The world will be a better place. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the world doesn't work like that. And, uh, and so we just got to make do with what we got, but yeah, overall, man, I just feel like, um, that's why I did it on discord. That's why I did the one piece popularity poll on discord is I didn't want to deal with the vitriol of Twitter. Didn't want to deal with the vitriol of, you know, people yelling at me who aren't even part of the community at all. And like I said, we're still doing the poll this year. Nothing's changed. So anybody who was like, Oh, I really wanted to be part of the popularity poll. You could still be a part of it. There's still a link to my discord in the description of this video. If you're watching the VOD on YouTube, there's still obviously the link to the, um, the announcement video that I made last week for it. That's still available. It's just the video was unlisted, so we're not getting a bunch of random hate. And then I think we're good to go. Honestly, I think otherwise then we're fine, you know? And if it means that we end up getting less votes this year, that's okay with me if it means less toxicity in the long run. Um, but again, going back to as, you know, the question of like, if I'm ever gonna do it again, Probably not. I probably won't. But again, I think the time has passed and I think that's fine. You know, and there's other stuff to talk about. Lots of other stuff to talk about. We have so much content coming up in the next six months to a year. I mean, literally think about everything that's coming out from now until probably the end of next year. Think about all of it. Mario RPG is next month. Mario Wonder is this month. 
Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming out. We've got potentially a new Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Switch 2 happening. We've got all these great movies, all these great TV shows. Unfortunately, I can't cover those while the SAG strike is still going on. And actually, that's a good transition into something else I want to talk about, is there have been a lot of people asking me, Roger, when are you going to be doing your One Piece live action content now? We know you mentioned you're waiting for the strike to be over. I sort of wanted to do a little brief explanation of why the WGA strike ending is not, like, it's not the only thing keeping me from doing One Piece videos. It's also the SAG strike. And in fact, it's more so the SAG strike. Because I think for me, the SAG strike is something where, you know, WGA, I'm not part of the Writers Guild. I'm not somebody who writes for TV shows, nor will I ever, you know. Whereas SAG, like, I've been on TV before. I've been in commercials. Like, I am SAG eligible. That's something that directly affects me. So if I go against the SAG strike, that could really screw me over in the future. And so I don't want to do anything that would go against that. And they're still debating that right now. In fact, it's gotten worse. Because now there's video games that are under strike with SAG as well. Where I can't cover, like, I can't do Genshin content with the English voiceover. Because Formosa, which is the company that does the English voiceover, is one of the companies that's been stricken. And so it's just, I'm, I'm in a weird situation in which I can't upload the content that I want to upload despite the fact that I want to. Uh, but rest assured, the One Piece live action content is still coming. I promise you, I promise you, it is still coming. It's just, I've been working on it in the background. I've been cooking in the background. And the second the strike is over, I'm telling you, those videos are going to go up. And I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to talk about it. And I know now Matt and Randy, they're making the rounds, talking about the writer's room stuff now that the WGA strike is over. Like, they're eligible. Because Matt and Randy aren't actors. They're writers. So they could talk about whatever they want to talk about. But me, on the other hand, I can't. <laughs> I'm on the opposite side. So that's, that's the problem. Yeah, that's that's the problem facing that right now. But rest assured, I, I know there's a demand for it. I really want to do it. I really, really do. But just know I still can't, even though I want to really, really badly. Um, so please stick with me just a little while longer. Uh, I guarantee you it will be worthwhile. I, one thing I can say clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, is not only will there be reactions of every single episode of live-action One Piece, there will also be a full behind this, multiple probably, behind-the-scenes videos. I know there'll probably be one full behind-the-scenes video from when I visited Cape Town last year, and there will also be about three or four potentially shorts um, that I'm going to make from when I was in Cape Town as well. Uh, again, can't talk about it more than that fully because of the strike, but rest assured, rest assured that content is coming. Please just be patient, yeah. Um, in terms of other content that is coming down the pipeline in the very near future, uh, I'm going to be on RTTV again. This is something that actually a lot of people were asking me about on one of my recent live streams. People were donating and asking, you know, Roger, when is the next time you're going to do a video with RTTV? We love when you did the podcast with them last year. Are you planning on doing it again? The answer is yes. We are doing it again. I will be doing the RTTV podcast not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. Um, I, I don't know if they've officially made the announcement. I don't know if I just leaked that announcement. If I did, so what? You're going to see me in two weeks. It is what it is. But I'm going to be on RTTV about two weeks from now uh, because apparently that whole group has now caught up with Wano Country in One Piece. And so they really want to discuss with me like my final thoughts on Wano and sort of ask me you know, what I thought about it compared to like what they thought about it. And so I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm really, really excited to talk about that with them and just to see them all again. It's been such a long time since the last time that I saw the RTTV guys. Um, and I know we did like the Reverie Rumble back in February of this year, but that wasn't in person. We ended up doing the Reverie Rumble like as a stream on YouTube. So I am really, really excited to actually do that again in full, hang out with them in their offices, you know, uh, and we're actually gonna film some short videos while we're there as well. Speaking of filming short videos, I have another thing to announce. I have a collab coming up with your boy Roshi. Uh, Roshi and I are teaming up to do a really fun little short series. We're going to do about four or five episodes of these. We're going to be recording that next Tuesday, and then you guys will probably start seeing those videos the following week, probably weekly, for another maybe like three or four of them. So you'll be seeing some stuff with your boy Roshi. You'll be seeing some stuff with RTTV. We got a lot of collabs coming up. I'm trying to think of some other collabs that are coming in the near future. Uh, I will be doing a really fun 
stream potentially from Google headquarters on the final Friday of this month, which is going to be fun. Uh, let me think. What else do I have coming down the pipeline in terms of fun videos? Obviously, we're doing Mario Wonder on the 20th. We'll be streaming that. Whether or not we do that on YouTube or on Twitch or we do it as maybe part of Touch Base, I haven't quite decided yet. But we're definitely going to be doing something related to Mario Wonder. I'm just super excited for that game. I know I talked about it a little bit on the Touch Base episode that I did after I came back from Seattle. Um, but I, I really have high hopes for this game. I feel like Mario Wonder, to me, just looks like it's going to be such a good time. And it plays like a dream. I feel like a lot of 2D Mario games, kind of ever since New Super Mario Brothers, have been playing it safe where they've maybe added a power-up here and there, but, like, the actual design of the levels have all been kind of the same. It's like, you have a snow area, you got a desert area, you got a grass area, whatever, a lava area. And I feel like Wonder, just based on the little bit that I played at Nintendo Live, and then also based on what I've seen, like, in the trailers and in the Mario Wonder Direct, uh, it just, it's a lot more imaginative and a lot more fun. I think the power-ups seem very different. I think the last time that I've seen a 2D Mario game that really is this imaginative is probably Yoshi's Island. Really, all the other ones have played it safe. And I know some people don't necessarily count Yoshi's Island as a 2D Mario game. They're wrong. It counts. It is. It's literally called Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. So if you think Yoshi's Island is not a Mario game, you're wrong. I don't know what to tell you. You're literally arguing against the GOAT Miyamoto himself. You're arguing against the title of the actual game. <laughs> it's literally Mario World 2. It will always be Mario World 2. That's never going to change. I stand by that. Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Don't listen to them. They're weenies. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess I guess on the topic of uh, other games coming up in the near future that I'm planning on doing stuff for, obviously Metal Gear Collection is coming out in the near future. I'm super excited for that. I don't know whether or not I'll be doing like full-on streams for it. I'm certainly not committing to like full-on playthroughs. I feel like our big playthrough for this year was Tears of the Kingdom and will also probably be Mario RPG. And I feel like our big playthrough for next year is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And I think beyond that, I sort of just want to play it by ear. Now, that's not to say that I don't end up doing more playthrough streams each year, but I like dedicating saying we're going to do this one this year and then not promising too many other ones because then people are excited when I end up doing more. So I think it's always good to under-promise and over-deliver. I think that's good advice for anything in life, whether you're a content creator or you're, uh, you're working a nine-to-five. Under-promise, over-deliver, and people will always be happy. So, yeah, that's the plan. But I think a couple one-off streams for games are definitely coming up in the near future. Metal Gear is probably one of them, like I said. Probably Sons of Liberty in particular. Maybe Snake Eater, because um, we've got the remake coming next year. That's I was going to say, that's another one I might want to do a full playthrough for, is the, the remake of Snake Eater. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, shall we? Let's let's keep it as it is. Um, but yeah, Snake Eater's coming out in the near future. We've got um, you know Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Kingdom Hearts 4 potentially coming out next year as well, Metroid Prime 4 coming out potentially soon too. There's just so much stuff down the pipeline. And even this year alone, I feel like, you know, Mario Wonder's coming out, Mario RPG. But I, I want to take this opportunity, really quickly, to touch on a game that I've been playing a lot of in the background over the course of the past couple weeks. It's pretty much been the only thing that I've been doing in my free time. I haven't had time to really watch any shows. I haven't even really utilized like my AMC Stubbs thing. I haven't gone to see any movies in the past month and a half. I haven't, um, I haven't really done anything other than what you guys have seen on stream or what I've been recording for content in terms of watching TV shows or watching movies or things like that. But I have been playing one game. And let me show you what that game is. Now, many of you know this. Even though I'm a Nintendo fanboy, I have all the other systems except for Xbox because Xbox is trash and there's no reason to own one. But I have all the other systems. I got my PS5. I got my Switch. I have my PC. And I also have my Steam Deck. And on my trusty little Steam Deck, I've been playing a little game, put about 30 hours into it. Uh-oh. Did this thing die? Did I not charge it beforehand? I think I might have not charged it beforehand. All right, well, my Steam Deck is dead. I didn't charge it beforehand, but that's fine. It's because I was playing it last night. The game that I've been playing on this is Lies of P. Bro, when I tell you, if you like Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Demon Souls, any Souls-like game at all, run, do not walk, run to Steam or your PlayStation or your Xbox or whatever 
and download that game. This game is so unbelievably good. I knew I was going to enjoy it just based on that initial trailer that they showed at the Game Awards a couple years ago. I knew I was going to like it because I've always been somebody who loves like fairy tale kind of stuff. I grew up on Disney movies, which are of course retellings of fairy tales. Many of you remember in my early, 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 early days on YouTube, in the first like year and a half I was on YouTube, many of you remember my old Once Upon a Time reviews, where I do reviews of the new episodes of the ABC show Once Upon a Time. And I, I used to love that kind of stuff. And uh, and I still, you know, love retellings of fairy tale type things. It's just, you know, retellings on classic stories, turning things on their head. And I feel like Liza P does such a good job of not only making you care about its characters in a way that I don't really think any other Souls game has done other than maybe the first Dark Souls and Elden Ring. I feel like some of the other ones just don't really have the same um, connection. They don't have the same, like, there's lore there in a lot of the Souls games, but I don't particularly care about the characters. Whereas in this one, like Eugenia, Sophia, Geppetto, everybody, I like, I want an Alidoro, I want to know their stories. So I played through, Simon, <laughs> I want to know what's going on with these characters and you know, their journey and the things that you find out about them and the things that you find about, a P, about P, who is the main character you play as, Pinocchio essentially, the things you find out about about those characters really propels you through the gameplay. Like you want to get through the next area to find out what's actually going on with these characters. But then in addition to that, the story is, is so good, but the gameplay that's paired with the story is also excellent. The gameplay, I think, is out of this world in Lies of P. I think it's, it does a really good job of balancing Elden Ring, which I think was almost a little too easy, which... I, is crazy coming from me because I'm somebody who doesn't normally play Souls games, but I, I feel like, for me, Elden Ring was very easy to cheese. I think Elden Ring was very easy where you could go grind in the area with the little whooper-looking guys and just kill them over and over again and then kill that giant bird monster and get your souls or whatever and then boost up your souls and then, you know, uh, make your character stronger. And I feel like it was easier to cheese certain boss fights in Elden Ring to the point where, and if you guys don't trust me, you can literally go on my PSN right now. Go to PSN, type in Roger's base, look at my trophies. I platinumed Elden Ring. Look at the day I platinumed Elden Ring. It was literally before the patch happened for Melania. So I beat Melania pre-patched where they made her easier. I went through the whole thing. I platinumed it. So I feel like I'm in a place to say that I feel like that game was easier than Demon Souls or Bloodborne or Dark Souls even. Dark Souls is the only other one other than Lies of P that I played all the way through. Uh, I got about halfway through the PS5 remake of Demon Souls and I got about halfway through Bloodborne as well. And Bloodborne, I think the boss I left off on was the spider creature. I beat the spider creature and then whatever the thing is after the spider creature, I think that's where I left off. It was just, and I, I don't remember the last time I even touched Bloodborne. It was probably like a year ago. I think, because I, I think that's what it was. I think I played Bloodborne for the first time. It would have been when it first came out. Because everyone was hyping it up. And I played it for the first time when it first came out. I remember really like not vibing with it. Because at the time, I wasn't really like engrossed into the Souls-like type of gameplay. Um... I don't know, something about it like didn't click with me. And I loved the aesthetic of Dark Souls. Like, I, I mean, excuse me, of Bloodborne. I loved like the Victorian Gothic look of stuff in Bloodborne. But Bloodborne, as many of you know, because I've brought this up on other things before, was I think a little too dark for me. It was just a little too gory, a little too bloody. And, and so I think that also kind of turned me off of it. And Elden Ring, I thought, sort of hit a really good balance with like, it was still violent. And there was still blood, but it wasn't like gory in your face, nasty. Like it wasn't making me go like, oh, I don't want to play this. And I think Lies of P does a really good job of sort of doing just that. Lies of P, like not only does it have the blood turn off feature thing, but also I feel like the actual design of the characters in Lies of P, because so many of the things you're cutting down are just puppets. Like it doesn't feel nearly as bloody or nearly as dark, but the actual story that it's telling itself is still... It's still sharing the same kind of dark gothic themes that attracted me to Bloodborne in the first place. But it's just without all of the excessive, like, nastiness and violence and goriness and stuff. Which, you know, more power to you if you like that kind of stuff. But it's just not my thing. Um, and so I think, like, pairing that cool Bloodborne-esque gothic vibe 
to a fairy tale that we all know and love, Pinocchio, and combining it and twisting the characters around in a way that really just makes them intriguing was fantastic. Seeing certain aspects of the original fairy tale of Pinocchio, like being added to Lies of P, not just the Disney version. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff in there, too, from that, like the donkeys from Pleasure Island. One of the first bosses you fight in Lies of P is, like, the mad donkey. And then you, you kill him and you get the, like, the donkey helmet for yourself. And, like, that's great. But also things that weren't in the Disney movie, like the, the Black Rabbit Brotherhood, all the stuff with the rabbits that's in the original fairy tale that was written all those years ago, like they get integrated into the story in a unique way as well. The Black Cat and the Red Fox, like they're integrated into the story in a way that's interesting, that comes into play like very late into the story as well. You're invested in who they are as characters. You find out why they're doing the bad things that they're doing. All this stuff with Aladoro and being a hunter and like the truth behind who he actually is in the game and you discover that via like side quests that you don't necessarily have to do but you want to do them because it makes your character naturally stronger it's just great and i think the ergo progression which is like the equivalent of souls they're called ergo in lies of p i think the ergo progression is also really excellent in lies of p um where i feel like it never feels like i was too strong at any given moment but it also never felt like i was really really struggling beyond like to the point where i was getting frustrated right like i think the three big bosses i struggled on i could tell you right now one was the puppet master i think the puppet master boss i was just like getting wrecked over and over again and it wasn't due to the first form it was due to the second form the second form of the boss when you fight romeo had me losing my mind and gritting my teeth as I'm there just like slashing at him trying to parry these attacks but I wasn't good at parrying and then he's killing me by jumping up in the air and throwing fireballs down at me it was just like a mess and basically that was like the first part of the game where I really felt like I needed to grind and so I went back to the like the Vanini works area and I was grinding against some of the uh, characters that were there they've got like the giant fireball monsters or whatever or the, the like the furnace monsters and stuff and I was killing all of them and then I was just going through and doing the rounds and grinding and so I think by the time I beat Puppet Master my level was like way higher than it needed to be but then it was fine because then I, I got through the next couple areas pretty well and the next big stopgap for me, which is apparently not a boss that other people had uh, struggled with, but it was something that I really struggled with, was there's like a swamp monster. There's a swamp monster that has two forms that you fight on a bridge in this barren swamp area after a pretty big story revelation. This swamp monster wrecked me absolutely positively wrecked me it was like the first point in the story where i was really like i need to use a specter i need to call in help i have to do something because if i don't like i'm gonna get obliterated by this swap monster and um and then i eventually beat that thing after grinding and doing some more side quests and then the last big stopgap, because really i beat the final boss pretty easily the last big one was uh loxia i think is how you say her name like the the puppet of the main bad guy loxia the complete or Luaxia, Luaxia, I actually don't know how to say her name. But she's essentially like the Romeo, King of the Puppets boss, but instead of having fire powers, she's got lightning powers. It was over for me. I literally dedicated three hours of my day to just sit and fight her. Just her, nobody else. And I got through all the other stuff super easily. I got through the Black Rabbit Brotherhood uh, redux thing. I got through all the other fights, the Corrupted Puppet Master. But when you get to her, it was over, bro. <laughs> I struggled. I really, genuinely, truly struggled. But I made it through. And then I pretty much didn't have a problem for the rest of the game. Even with, because I did the true ending. Even with the true final boss, I didn't really have a problem. Because I was lucky for two reasons. One, I did not realize until very, very, very late in the game that I could sell not just my items, but that other stuff that I've acquired that I wasn't using, like moonstones or quartz or whatever. I didn't realize that you could sell that stuff until late in the game. And so I ended up selling like super late in the game everything that I had acquired up to that point. And I think I ended up gaining like 40 or 50 levels just from selling that stuff and then leveling up from literally in one go. Because it was my entire playthrough's amount of stuff that I sold and got Ergo for. And so I jumped like 40-something levels in one go. And so I think when I took on the final boss, what, I was like 75 when I beat the Puppet Master? When I beat the final boss, 
I want to say I was at like 120, 130 is what I was at when I beat him. And then I ended up doing a new game plus and starting that and getting up to, uh, where was I? It's the, what's the boss before the puppet master? I think it's the Black Rabbit Brotherhood the first time around. I got up to them on my New Game Plus, and then I was like, mm, I'm going to take a break now. Like, I just wanted to test out what New Game Plus was like and see if it was more difficult. Um, but I feel like I've beaten the game now, and I'm good, and there's other stuff coming out that I'm probably not going to stick with more of it. Um, but anyway, I'm going off topic. Lies of P, excellent game. The music was also fantastic. Visually, it was gorgeous. And also, without spoiling anything, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. Last thing I'm going to say about it. The teaser that you get at the end of Lies of P, and I don't know if you get it with every ending, but I got it with my ending. I got it with my true ending. The teaser that you get at the end of Lies of P basically tells you as the player what direction they're going to take this franchise in the future. And it doesn't really seem like it's just going to be Pinocchio. It seems like, again, without spoiling exactly what it is, it seems like the direction of the story of this franchise is going to be retellings of dark fairy tales. Like cool, Dark Souls-esque retellings of other fairy tales. And they tell you straight up what the next one's gonna be at the ending. And let me tell you, I wish I was recording my live reaction to it. I wish I was doing it on stream, because I screamed. When I saw what they're actually gonna do for the next game, bro! I need that game injected into my veins right now. I think that is such a cool concept, and it's also not something that I ever would have imagined they would have followed up Pinocchio with. It's just, it's it's really, really cool, and I think, um, obviously, you can go spoil yourselves if you want to. You go on YouTube and look up true ending teaser of Lies of P or whatever, but I suggest that you don't. I suggest you play the game for yourself, because I really think you'll enjoy it if you like Dark Souls at all. And even if you don't really like Dark Souls, I feel like the, the difficulty level... Is really nice. I think it's hit it hit a right like little. Uh, I don't know. It's not quite as easy as late game Elden Ring. It's not quite as hard as Bloodborne. It's just it's got a good mix, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my little mini review of Lies of P. I again highly recommend checking the game out. And I guess the one last thing I'll say before I get to some of these super chats because I see the super chats piling up. Uh, one thing I will say is I think Lies of P has solidly landed in my nominees for Game of the Year now. I think if I had to guess five games that are currently my Game of the Year, I think Lies of P is up there now. Which, uh, you know, I, I figured I was going to like it, and I figured if they nailed the landing, I would probably end up putting it my Game of the Year, um, one of my Game of the Year contenders. Um, not my Game of the Year. My Game of the Year is still Tears of the Kingdom. But I think it's up there. It's definitely up there right now with Tears of the Kingdom for me. It's up there with Pikmin 4. It's up there with the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's up there with Final Fantasy 16. I really just, I highly recommend you check this game out. It's really, really good. And um, yeah, uh, the one last thing I guess I will say is, you know, so many times people will comment on my videos or be like, Roger's base only likes Nintendo games. He's a Nintendo fanboy. Like he doesn't play anything else. And it's like uh, me gushing over this game is testament enough that like, no, I will play other things even if they're not Nintendo platforms. And, uh, and I, I love playing it on Steam Deck. So maybe one day they'll bring it to Switch 2 or something if you guys only do play Nintendo things. But if you got a Steam Deck and you're looking for a game to play on it, Liza P runs very well. Uh, real quick, two uh, Super Chats I want to bring up. This first one comes from Dr. S, who asked, Roger, are you caught up with Bleach? That would be a really good thing to talk about with RTTV. Your first podcast with them was actually uh, their best podcast of theirs for me. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed the one that I was on, and I'm happy to say that I will be returning to RTTV, uh, not next week, but the week after. So look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see all those guys again. And, uh, you know, as for whether or not I will continue Bleach, I'm never going to say never. You know, Bleach is one of those things that's obviously a long-running series, but I don't have the same nostalgia for Bleach as I did for Naruto, even though I never saw Naruto before, if that makes any sense. Like, I was somebody who, in school, all my friends who liked anime when I was growing up liked Bleach or they liked Naruto, and I was kind of the odd man out who liked One Piece. And, like, my best friend growing up, John, he loved Bleach, absolutely positively loved Bleach, but I feel like he was really the only person that I knew that really watched it. Everyone else liked Naruto. Um, 
and that's not to say like that I won't ever go back and catch up with Bleach, but Bleach to me is low on the totem pole of things that I really, really, really want to watch, especially because there's so much other good stuff out there right now. I still haven't watched Vinland, two, uh, Vinland Saga Season 2. I haven't started Spy Family Season 2. Um, I don't know if there's a new Ranking of Kings. I haven't watched that. We've got the final special for Attack on Titan coming out as well that I got to watch. So there's other stuff. There's also other series that I want to watch. Um, like other one-off shows, Oshinoko is one that I really want to check out. I've heard nothing but good things about Oshinoko. Um, the new series from the guy that did Cowboy Bebop sounds excellent as well. And uh, I think the other thing about Bleach too is, I think Bleach is in a weird situation where I feel like a lot of people ask for me to make content on Bleach, but then whenever I do end up making content on Bleach, it usually doesn't perform super well, which you know, doesn't necessarily mean that I'll never watch it. It just means that it's not high priority for me making content for it. You know what I mean? And also, I guess the other thing is too with Bleach that's different from Naruto is that I went into Bleach already knowing a lot of the plot twists. Like I knew a lot, of, like I knew Aizen, you know, going into Bleach for the first time and I was very transparent about that. Whereas Naruto, I really didn't know like anything. I knew a couple little things here and there, but it wasn't anything to take away from my enjoyment of reacting to it for the first time on camera. Whereas because I already know so many of the plot points of Bleach already, um, I don't think it would make for good reaction content because I can't react to something that I already know what's going to happen. I mean, I can... But I'm not going to do that because I like being transparent about what I'm reacting to and I like being excited about certain things and that's that. So that's what I will say. I, d I don't think you should expect any Bleach content from me in the near future. As for if I will catch up to Bleach in my own time, probably. But just right now, pretty low on my uh, priority list. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, for donation. Uh, I got another donation. This one comes from Jimmy Voorhees. Donating and saying, Roger, I have a favor to ask of you. It's a stretch, but could you put in a word with Matt Owens? I work for Motion Pictures as a driver for Local 399. It would be a dream come true to work on One Piece live action. After the strike, though, of course, Nakama. Uh, well, Jimmy, I, I don't know where you work. I don't. You said you're Local 399. Um, one thing I will say, which is unfortunate, I can tell you this right now. Uh, one Piece does not film here. One Piece films in Cape Town, South Africa. So unless you live in Cape Town, South Africa, they probably would not be able to hire you as a driver, unfortunately. Um, great on you, though. Awesome to hear from another union guy. That's fantastic. But yeah, unfortunately, um, One Piece, I, I guess, you know, this isn't something that really is talked about that frequently. So I don't even blame you for not really knowing this. Um, One Piece is not filmed here. You know, a lot of Netflix shows obviously film in North America. A lot of other shows will film in Europe. Um, One Piece does not. One Piece films in Cape Town. I don't know. Maybe sometimes they do pickup shots or something like that, but I don't know the full extent of that. You know, I'm not working on the show in that capacity. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're a truck driver in Cape Town, hit me up, <laughs> you know, because I'm sure they're looking for work. But um, yeah, right on. And thank you again for your donation. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, game Prodigy donated and said, this is about the video game strike. Let's hear it. Um, I've seen the English voice actors for Genshin stream the game in English. So I do think it's safe for them to stream. Not to change your plans or anything, but I just wanted to say that about it. So actually, let me clarify what's going on with them too. So some of the voice actors that are streaming the game in English are not part of SAG. Those voice actors are most likely non-union voice actors who were then hired to be part of Genshin. If they are non-union and they aren't eventually SAG eligible or they have no plans to do on-camera work or whatever, technically they can do whatever they want to do. So if they want to stream the game, they could stream the game, English voiceover or whatever. But if they are streaming the game and they are SAG eligible, then that would be technically crossing the, the picket line. Um, the English dub. Yeah, specifically the English dub. Thank you for bringing that up, Eliza. Yeah, because people might not know. Yeah, which is why I've been playing with the Japanese dub on, which is, I think, what a lot of other people have been doing who are English dub voice actors for Genshin, who are also streaming Genshin. I see them also doing the Japanese dub or doing, like, the Chinese dub as well. I know Marco is doing that. Um, so that's, like, the way of getting around it, where you could still play the game, but at the same time, you can't have the English voiceover. Um, but, yeah, usually if the people are not part of SAG, you could do whatever you want, you know. 
So if you're one of the voice actors that's in Genshin, you're not part of SAG, you have no plans to be part of SAG, you're only doing non-union voice actor work, like by all means, dude, do what you want to do and play what you want to play. But for someone like me, again, who is involved and is SAG eligible, and this is something that could directly affect things in the future for me, that's a big reason as to why I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a shame, though, because, again, I feel like there's so much good stuff that's coming out this year. And I guess, like, that's another reason why you'll see a lot of people who worked on Final Fantasy 16 still doing stuff for that game. Uh, because Final Fantasy 16 was recorded in Great Britain. So it's like, they're, they're with a different union, they're with different rules, they don't have to abide by the same thing, they could freely do whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, though, yeah, if someone is, is making content on something that's being striked, that probably just means they're not in the union. Yeah. Especially in the case of someone, if you're like a big name actor for Genshin, I would imagine they know fully what's going on with the strike the same way that I know what's going on with the strike, you know. So, yeah, but that's uh, that's that's what's going on with all the strike stuff. And hopefully something gets resolved sometime soon. Look, I'm sitting over here literally hankering and craving to show you guys this behind the scenes footage from One Piece live action. It's just unfortunate that I can't do it yet, um, but it will happen eventually. It will happen once the strike is resolved. Thank you, by the way, to D-Moon for becoming a member as well. Nakama, greatly appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, let me think of other things that I want to touch on. I guess a couple other quick little things I could bring up. We're keeping this a nice tight, uh, nice, tight 60 today. Uh, another quick thing I want to bring up is I am debating doing an art contest in the near future. Um, I know I said I'm not doing polls or things like that again, but... One thing that I've done that's been a way to interact with my community that's always done well, and I've brought Teching on and Joy Boy on, and we've done these big streams, are these art contests. You know, sometimes we'll do art contests for characters in One Piece. We did a fan art contest where people had to send in what they thought Emu was going to look like, or what Vegapunk was going to look like, or what Green Bull was going to look like, and those art contests were really fun. But the one I'm debating right now is a Rogers base fan art art contest because over the years, you know, many of you probably already know this, but like this year, this December will mark my 10th year doing content on YouTube. 10 years. Unbelievable. And over those 10 years that I've been making content on YouTube, so many people have sent me such beautiful pieces of fan art and awesome, you know, cool things like that. And so I want to find a way to reward them. And so what I'm thinking of putting together is a fan art contest and then the winner will not only get a Rogers base plushie and an Obi plushie, but they will also get a Pokemon card signed by yours truly. And we may even throw some other fun stuff in there as well. But I figured a fan art contest for the plushies I thought could be a really cool thing, especially because I can officially announce these guys are going back on sale Black Friday this year. So if you're looking for a really cool deal this upcoming Black Friday or Cyber Monday, I will be not only selling my plushies, we're also going to be selling some really cool stuff uh, from the Japan Time store, but it's just not going to be on the same store that we have right now. We're, we're changing things up right now. And hopefully within the next couple weeks, I'll be able to share with you um, my new storefront which you'll be able to see right here on YouTube with a little end card. So below the video on YouTube, on any of my videos, you'll be able to see like a little shop thing that you can click and it'll say like, get your Obi plushie, get your Rogers base plushie, get your shirts, whatever. And, uh, and that'll be really, really cool. I'm excited for that. I still have my old Rogers base hat. Of course I do too. It's literally in the closet right over there. I love my Rogers base hat from Bonfire. Um, so yeah, there, there's going to be other cool merchandise. And then the nice thing is that instead of having the store on like a different storefront, like via LIFO or via other things like that, um, instead of that, the all the merch stuff will be on my actual website. So if you just go on rogersbase.com, there'll be like a little merch tab, essentially. And then you'll be able to, uh, yeah, you'll be able to get stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. I see... Um, one person over here actually just said, are you in your undies like the news anchors working from home? I am not. I'm in shorts right now. No, I'm not in undies. You can see. Check out my fit. I've got my Hunter Hunter Uniqlo shirt on. I got my regular Uniqlo shorts. I actually really like these Uniqlo shorts too. I guess this sucks for people that are only listening to the audio only version. But these have like this little hidden pocket in the back that you could put stuff, which I really like. These, I got these when I was in Japan, actually, because I had two pairs of these. I have a red one and a blue one, and I realized I just wanted black and white, 
And so when we were in Japan, you know, Uniqlo is obviously originally a Japanese brand. And so when we were at the Uniqlo's in Japan, I ended up picking up a bunch of extra ones. I love them. Yeah. You actually have a Demon Slayer shirt on from Uniqlo right now. Fantastic. Look at that. <laughs> and Jimmy also donated again and said, uh, some of the drivers actually can get hired to go overseas, but you got to know someone most of the time, which is why I asked. Ah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, Jimmy, again, I'm, I'm not sure who to contact. I don't think Matt would be the person to contact if you're, like, you're looking to be a driver, but I will ask around for you. I know a lot of other people. I'll ask around for you. If there's an update on that, I'll let you know. I can't promise anything though, and I probably pro won't have an update for you because that's like out of my out of my realm. But I wish you the best of luck, and that would be awesome if you were a driver on uh, on One Piece. That'd be cool. <laughs> I forgot about the Hunter Hunter collab from Uniqlo. Yes, the Hunter Hunter collab from Uniqlo was absolutely gorgeous. That's where I got this shirt with Gon and Killua. Um, there was a really cool like Hisoka shirt that they had. They had the Kurapika shirt with the the chain on it that I still have as well which is like, um, it's like the Nen After Death thing on the other side of it. I think there's one of those. What are, I'm trying to remember some of the other shirts. I think there was a green one as well. Yeah. Uh, Edwin said, what's your opinion on Microsoft buying Nintendo? Will never happen. Never in a million years. Literally will never happen. <laughs> I, I, Microsoft tried this. I think we even talked about this on the previous episode of Touchbase um, when we were talking about what's going on with Xbox right now. The whole thing is, like, Microsoft can say that they want to buy Nintendo as much as they want, but, like, they're already in a position where they just barely were able to acquisition Activision and get past the Monopoly status. There's 0% chance they'd be able to pass through Monopoly status, even if they had the money to buy Nintendo. But why would they want... I mean, like, I'm, I know why Microsoft would want to buy Nintendo, but why would Nintendo want to sell? Nintendo's extremely successful right now with the Switch. They've got the Switch 2 coming down the pipeline. They're making money on their mobile games like Fire Emblem, like there's and the Mario movie did really well. So there's absolutely positively no reason for them to sell. And uh, it's just not going to happen as much as Microsoft would beg and plead. It's not going to happen. Um, D Moon also um, sent in a chat and said, do you collect any of the One Piece cards from the TCG? I'm actually going to the regional next month in Pasadena. That is awesome. I may see you there. Um, I think I showed these on a previous episode of Touch Base, or maybe I showed them on Roger Rambles. I honestly can't remember, but I will show you once again what I've got over here. Bada bing, bada boom. I don't collect the TCG because honestly, I collect Pokemon cards and so like, Beyond that, there's absolutely no reason I don't want to get into another series. But I do, I do have uh, two full decks of the One Piece TCG. This one I showed on a previous stream. Let me pull this up real quick. This one is my Corazon Law deck. So if you're watching this on, uh, on YouTube, you can see the card. But this is my Corazon. And my captain for the deck is Luffy. But the, the key card is basically Corazon. I love this. And then I also have, if I pull this over here, open this up and take these out. I also have, oh, is this for that deck? Whoop. I also have a VV deck. So these are like the VV cards. I'm not going to take the whole thing out because I think I'll lose track of where everything is. But essentially, here's like the VV, uh, the VV card that I use. And then VV is the captain in that deck. And that's usually got the Alabasta characters in it. And the Alabasta versions of the Straw Hats. But, yeah, I just, I can't commit to getting into another TCG fully. But I'm really lucky because one of my buddies, Adam, who I've done stuff with before, he gets free boxes of the One Piece TCG as one of his sponsorships. And then he brings the boxes over. And then in exchange for unboxing the stuff with me, he'll let me take any commons and uncommons that I want. Uh, and then I also get to pick one or two of the really rare ones that I want too. And so it's a win-win situation. So, you know, I'll open more TCG cards when Adam gets them for free. But otherwise, I cannot commit to buying more of them. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, also... That is true. There are a bunch of people who said uh, in the chat that Detective Pikachu came out today. That's right. So Detective Pikachu Returns just came out for the Switch. Uh, I am probably not going to be playing it anytime soon because I'm really backed up on recording things off camera right now that will then go up whenever you're able to see them. Um, but that stuff should be resolved by the end of next week. And then by that point, Mario Wonder will be coming out. So there's really just no time 
for me to play Detective Pikachu. Uh, even as like a one-off stream, I just don't see myself doing it, so I probably won't. Um, not to say I'll never play that game, though. I think like I loved the original Detective Pikachu. I thought the movie was really good as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be totally down to play Detective Pikachu. I think it'd be great. Just probably won't be happening on a camera, if that's that. Are you going to be playing Mario Wonder or Spider-Man 2 first? Definitely Mario Wonder, without a shadow of a doubt. Also, I would not be able to play Spider-Man 2 because of the SAG strike. So... Yeah, even if I wanted to play Spider-Man 2 first, I couldn't play Spider-Man 2 first. And I'm definitely not going to be streaming Spider-Man 2 at all. Um, because by the time that I would be able to stream it after the strike is over, it's already too late. And I wouldn't be able to do it. So, without a shadow of a doubt, Mario Wonder, no doubt. And I love the original Spider-Man and I love Miles Morales. Those are also games that I platinumed on PlayStation. I loved them. Um, but if I'm being totally honest, I also kind of feel like I'm not really super hyped for Spider-Man 2. I don't know. I feel like they timed it wrong. I feel like if it would have come out early next year, actually, that's not true. If it would have come out early next year, it would have competed with Rebirth and I never would have played it. But I'm just, I'm not super excited for it. I, I liked the state of play. I did the reaction to the state of play and the, the Pokemon, I mean, the Pokemon, the PlayStation showcase that they did where they showed off more of the game. And I think it looks good, but I don't know. It just doesn't look that appealing to me. I don't really like Craven the Hunter as a character. Um, what little more that we've seen of the stuff with Venom and the symbiote stuff doesn't really interest me. I'm also really marveled out right now, like really superheroed marveled out. The last Marvel anything that I saw was Quantum Mania. I saw that in theaters, and the only reason I even saw it in theaters was because I had an open afternoon because I happened to be by a theater that my friend lives by. And I needed to kill two hours before going to my friend's house. So I went and used my AMC pass and saw it for free. But literally, I'm just like, I'm so Marvel fatigued that there's probably no chance of me, you know, watching any of the movies or playing any of the games anytime soon. Um, and then, like I said, I am really excited to play more Mario Wonder. Um, you know, because I played a little bit of that Nintendo Live. And Mario Wonder, I don't have to worry about the SAG strikes, so we're good. So that's, anyway, that's what's going on with Spider-Man. Um, sorry if you covered this earlier, but are you not doing any Genshin at all for now? Why would I be? Why would I be? Isn't the Genshin update next week? That's going to be when I'm going to do Genshin again. It'll be when the next special program is. I know a lot of people were asking me to react to the special program last time. Only reason I wasn't able to do it was because I was sick. And then, obviously, the other thing was, too, it came out, like, right before the Fontaine update. And then I did the Fontaine stuff. I did... Fontaine Act 1, Fontaine Act 2, Fontaine Act 3, Fontaine Act 4. I will do the remainder of Fontaine when it comes out. I'll just probably play it with Japanese voiceover. That's it. But I will most definitely still be playing Genshin. Even though I can't do the English dub, that doesn't mean I can't play Fontaine, I'm Fontaine stuff. Of course I will. Yeah. But I will definitely be doing Fontaine. I'll definitely be doing um, the special program. A lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline in terms of my Genshin content. So yeah, of course. Yeah, of course there's a lot more Genshin coming. Um, are you also fatigued with Star Wars? I am. Yes, I haven't watched whatever the new show was. Haven't watched that one. Haven't, I haven't watched anything since Andor Season 1. So I don't know if other stuff has come out since then. I haven't watched anything related to Star Wars. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm just, I'm fatigued overall on, this is actually really funny to say this. I'm fatigued on Disney properties. And yet... I'm excited at some point to go to Disney and see the Halloween stuff. I'm excited to go to Disneyland and see all the Halloween stuff sometime soon. Um, I may have missed part four of yours of Fontaine's story. Uh, you definitely did, Eliza. So actually, if you check my, uh, my live streams and you check my vlogs, I did all of part four of Fontaine on YouTube. I streamed the entire thing. Um, I did all of Fontaine. So if that is what you missed, Go make sure to check that uh, the Genshin stream because I definitely did part four. So make sure to check that out. And that goes for everybody who's listening right now who maybe was looking for more of my Genshin content. I'm completely caught up with the Archon quests. I am completely caught up. I'm waiting for the next one. I can't wait. I think it's going to be good. And I'm ex excited for the next special program too. So yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Um, What is the last thing? I think it's probably because they're doing so many projects right now that you're probably burned out. Absolutely. Um, also, Magus in the chat said, uh, the Hoyo Fair is coming up that you can react to uh, while you're waiting for the next update. All the clips are made in celebration of Genshin's third anniversary and have nothing to do with Formosa. You know, one thing, I, 
I will say this. I'll end with this because I see we're getting close. We're already past the one hour mark and I have to do my Discord uh, member movie night tonight, which by the way, any of you who are watching this right now, join the Discord because in an hour we'll be watching Suzume on Discord and it's open to everybody, not just my members. Anyone who's on Discord is able to join. So make sure to join the Discord server right now if you're listening to this um, live as it's happening. If you're listening at Spotify, I'm sorry you're a little too late. But even then, you should still join the Discord server because we're doing lots of fun stuff on Discord. But one last thing I wanted to say. At some point before Mario Wonder comes out, at some point, I am going to do a Honkai Star Rail stream. I have not decided the date yet. I don't know what day it will be next week. And I don't know if it'll be the week after next week, during the week that Mario Wonder actually comes out. But from some point, from the 7th of October, the day after the day I'm recording this, at some point from the 7th of October to the 20th of October, which is when Mario Wonder comes out, at some point, one day, over the course of those 13 days, there will be something Honkai Star Rail. And I don't know whether or not it'll be on Twitch, if it'll be on YouTube. Well, I, I know for sure it'll be on YouTube. I know there will be something on YouTube, either a video on YouTube or a stream on YouTube. I just don't know if I'll stream it on Twitch and then make a video of it for YouTube because people seem to enjoy that. I did that for F-Zero and people liked it, so I might do it for Honkai as well. Um, or I might just stream it on YouTube. Haven't decided. Um, but either way, there will be something Honkai Star Rail from me this month in addition to Mario Wonder, in addition to potentially, hopefully, fingers crossed if the strike is over, the One Piece live action stuff. So lots of good stuff coming down the pipeline. And then, of course, my episodes of Touch Bases uh, with Roger's Base as well. You can still catch these on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific time right here on the YouTube channel. Make sure that you are subscribed so that way you know when I am going live right here on YouTube. Again, we go live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you once again to everybody who tuned in. Greatly appreciate it. And I'll be seeing a lot of you in about an hour on my Discord channel for the new uh, member movie night. So thank you once again, everybody. Appreciate it. And I'll see you all this upcoming Sunday, in case I don't see you tonight for the Discord movie night. I will see you this upcoming Sunday for my live reaction to the new chapter of One Piece. So until then, I'll talk to you guys later. And hope you all have a wonderful night. Bye, everybody. Bye.